them at the singing today. It was a good group. The boys did an awesome job. All the boys that sung, led the song, did a great job from all the congregations. And it was a very, it's a very encouraging time to see those young boys wanting to lead songs to the king. Amen. And to lead the brethren in, in those songs of praise to him. <clears throat> Tonight I want to close out the series on our thoughts about holiness we talked last week, and I really enjoyed the study, I hope you did as well, on God and the holiness of God and, and where he stands uh, and how we can trust him to know that he is the one who is holy and he is the standard that we look to and he is the one who guides us uh, in our lives and, and the way that we should be and the things that we should do why we should do it, and all of those things in between. Tonight, I want to finish this thought, and, and really 1 Peter 1.16 is just from the verses that I began this series with, which talks about, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. You know, when we want to be holy in our lives, if we are striving to be like God, it doesn't just come by praying to God and then doing nothing. Would you say that that's true? Now, we believe that God is a God. Uh, how many prayers have you asked for and they were answered? Now, we do know that that's true. But in the midst of these problems, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of these tough times when we pray and we ask God for things, do we just stand idle and wait? No. We have a responsibility in ourselves, don't we? We have a responsibility to offer the request that we're wanting or, or the way that we're supposed to do it, and then we do our part. Tonight I want to talk and I really want to dig in and attack this thought about putting sets, uh, sin to death. Sorry, I got tangled up. I've been tangled up all day. Miss <laughs> Hagen said the reason why I'm tangled up is because I shaved my beard. That's why I'm tangled up. That may be true. Don't worry, it's already growing out so my tongue will get back straightened out, I guess, <laughs> later on. <laughs> later on. But tonight, seriously, just for a few minutes, I don't want to spend a lot of time. I want to pack this in. I want to give you a hard punch of encouragement, and I want you to go into the world, and I want you to change it. And I want you to uh, flip with me to some scriptures this evening. The first one is Romans chapter 8, verses 8. I mean, Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 13. Romans chapter 8, Verses 12-13. And I want you to think about this. As we get into this uh, study tonight, I want us to make, and we are all doing it, we're all striving to do this, but I want you to think about it just a little bit more. Uh, and I hope that this encourages you to want to do it a little bit more. To really deal with sin. To really deal with the concept of how we struggle to uh, obey it 
or not obey it. This struggle to do it or not to do it. This, this reality that we deal with this sin thought and this sin nature. And how can we as Christians get past it? How can we as Christians deal with it? We see a little bit of information right here in Romans chapter 8 verse 12. Look at what it says. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. Not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you lived according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Think about what Paul says here. He says, we brethren are debtors. Because of what Jesus did, because of his cleansing blood, what he's done for us is he's allowed us to be found right in God's eyes. Now, because of that, we've become debtors, haven't we? We've become debtors, but it's not to the flesh anymore. See, now we live a different way. It says to live uh, according to the flesh, you're going to die. So if I continue to live according to the flesh, if I continue to do these sinful things that maybe I had done before, if I continue to do these sins, even though I've become a Christian, what do I put myself in danger of? Dying, don't I? But it says, if you uh, live by the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body and therefore you live. In order for us to put sin where it needs to be, our mind has to absolutely be made up that we are ready to put it to death. Is that where you're at tonight, brethren? Is your commitment to put sin to death? I hope so. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3 to continue this thought. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, and I want to read verses 5 through 10. A little bit of scripture reading tonight. Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 10. Here we see Paul talking to the Christians, uh, the Colossian Christians, and he says, Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, as we talked about this morning. Uncleanliness, as we talked about this morning. Passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now, you yourselves are, are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. And verse 10 says, and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Both of these scriptures say to put to death the deeds of the flesh. God is telling us that we can kill the power and kill the strength of sin if we want to. Now think about that. A lot of the times we struggle with sin, don't we? And we say, man, it's got such a grip on me. 
What does God want us to do as his children? He wants us to have this understanding that we don't have to allow sin to control us. We have the power, we have the strength to overcome it. Don't we, brethren? Sin is trying to rule over us. And we have been given the might and we've been given the power to kill it if we want to. That's the question. And that's what I want us to focus our minds on. Do we really want to? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, brethren. You know, when, when, when I lived uh, before I obeyed the gospel, I enjoyed doing stuff that probably wasn't right. It was fun to me. I enjoyed it. And every once in a while, I'll get that in my mind again about, you remember how much fun you had when you was doing that? You remember how fun those times were when you were doing that? Or do you, you know, I think about some of my buddies and the things that they still do and look at their Facebook posts and I think, man, you know, if I was just a part of that, it would still be good. What a false trick, isn't it? Why do the wicked prosper, Lord? And here I am trying to do your will and it just seems like life is so boring. It's so boring. But oh no, it's not. See, it's not an easy task to overcome this sin thought. But when we say, you know what? Enough is enough. Today is the day. I'm not messing around anymore. I realize who my Savior is. I realize who's controlling my life. And Satan ain't got a chance. Then things start changing. I remember when I ran the press. I was an assistant pressman. Let me just tell you, I mean, y'all know about me being a pressman, but just let me tell you about it again, okay? Just bear with me. I'm just going to go off on a side note. I'll take about five more minutes from this really quick lesson, but just hang with me for just a second. Here I was, this assistant pressman. I didn't really know how to run the press real well. It was a big old machine. And the pressman's like, you got this. You can do it. You, you can handle it. I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I can handle this stuff. I mean, I know the buttons and I know what to do, but what if the paper breaks? What if I jam up the folder? What if I do something that, that messes up uh, what we got going on? Look how good the machine's running right now. And this is a true story. I wouldn't tell you a lie, would I? The preacher wouldn't tell a lie on a story. Here we are running the machine and my buddy says, hey, I'm gonna go take a break. I'm gonna go to the restroom, get something to drink and then I'll be right back. I'm like, cool. So he leaves, soon as he goes out of sight, boom, machine breaks down. I'm like, seriously? He said, what happened? I said, I have no idea. But you know what changed in my life? I kept practicing with him. I kept learning how to pull it up. I kept learning how to shut it down. I kept looking at the guys for my keys to make sure everybody was ready to go. And then that one day he came up to me and I was already standing there about to beep in the horn. Beep, 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 beep. Let's go, y'all. And he said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I got this. I got this. And you know what I did? I pulled it up. I went over there and grabbed a book. The ink went on the sheet. And I told the guys up front, I said, keep them. 
Them books are good. I took control. And from that point on, I became more confident. I started learning how to handle that machine. I didn't need him anymore. I appreciated what he had done for me. I appreciated how he had told me how to do these things, but now I had taken control. Brethren, when are we gonna take control of sin and say, you know what? It's not gonna control me anymore. I got this. Because I remember one verse in particular that always strengthens me. How about you? The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus said it this way. With men, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. There's not a sin in your life. There's not a struggle or a temptation in your life that you can't handle. And when we have confidence, when we make a commitment to say, you know what? Today is the day I'm not going to allow this to control my life anymore. I'm not going to gossip. I'm done. I'm not going to be hateful. I'm not going to have anger and malice. I'm not going to do all of these things that I used to do anymore today. Things start changing in our lives, don't they, brother? You're freed. You remember this whole thought of being shackled in chains? Could you imagine having these shackles around you and having to walk around and just a weight just carrying you all around? You couldn't reach out. Well, how would it feel once you finally got that chain off of you? Man. I remember putting on my helmet for football when we'd start in fall practice. Man, I used to hate having that football helmet on. It would rub my head raw right here. My chin strap would hurt. And boy, I couldn't wait to take that thing off. Is today the day we're going to be committed to say, you know what? I'm tired of playing with sin. I'm ready to be a real follower of Jesus Christ. Is today the day? Two things that I want us to consider. The first thing is this, a very simple truth. It's something that we teach our baby kids. We must know right from wrong. Am I right? Am I right about it? If we don't know right from wrong, this is not going to work. Satan is going to win every time. And here's the simple truth. God's will is right. And our will is wrong. Unless it's God's will. Y'all like that add-in, don't you? God's will is right and our will is wrong unless it's God's will. Then it's right. Think about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Follow me in this journey real fast. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 12. We're dealing with sin tonight. Tonight we're going to deal with sin. Satan ain't going to hold this over us anymore, brethren. We're about to deal with it. We're about to show him who's in charge. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. Here's what Paul says. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Oh, man. What an awesome verse. See... There are certain things in the United States that people do and places that people go that are legal. 
They're, they're, they're able to go to these places and we absolutely could go to these places because they're legal. But in our terms, in our understanding of what the truth is, there is no way we would show up in that place. Some of those clubs in Nashville, some of those things like that is what I'm talking about. You know, it's legal. You can go there. You can go into the big casinos and spend all your money and go upstairs and be with these real pretty girls and, 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 and do all of these things. But is that where a Christian should really be? If I'm trying to deal with sin, if I'm trying to make sure that I'm not a sinful person, why in the world would I want to put myself in the situation? Amen? I'm asking for, don't we tell our kids that? You ask them for trouble. You know, I'm telling you no, and I don't want you to go here, and I don't want you to be involved in this because you asking for trouble. I mean, I tell Isaac almost every week, ain't nothing good going on at 9.15 at night, son. I mean, ain't nothing good going on after 9.15. He's like, really, Dad? Ain't nothing good going on at 9.15, man. You need to be at the house where I can look at you and make sure you're good. <laughs> Trip, you feel me? <laughs> oh, man, that was a good joke, man. <clears throat> See, in Corinth, the same type of situation. People were stating this thing. You know, since this action is not really considered unlawful, it's okay. Right? Now, Paul says we need to take a deeper look at that. We need to have a deeper understanding of what that means. And let's see if that's really going to be beneficial for my spiritual life. If that's really going to be beneficial for my physical life, right? And also this thought. If we're going to pursue holiness, are we going to let these other things control us? You know how it is. You really want to do something. So what do you do? You do it. I am the world's worst about it. If I tell Aaron that I need something, hey, babe, uh, I got to get that. I'm just going to say it. All right. So I wanted these headphones, okay, that don't have the, the cord on it. Because every time I'd have the cord on it, it'd rip out of my ears and it would frustrate me, right? I'd be talking, yeah, James, hold on. Boom, hit the thing and fall off. And he's talking to me and I don't have any idea what he's saying. So I needed these, these iPods. Isn't that right? I can't keep up with them iPods. I have no idea where they're at. Every day I lose them iPods. But I told Aaron and I told Isaac, I said, this is what I want for my birthday is them iPods. I should have never got them iPods. See, I'm doing good tonight, brethren. Yeah, now we getting somewhere. Yeah, I see how it is. Crack the jokes on me and we good, right? 
AirPods. Thank you, Timothy. Somebody looking out for a brother. Somebody giving the bless your heart a chance. <clears throat> Let me wipe my face off. What in the world's happening up here? This is awesome. <laughs> Y'all gonna be sharing this one tonight, ain't you? Girl, check this one out. <laughs> All right. Think about the second part of this verse, though. He says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me. But then he says, but I will not be brought under the power of any. As Christians, we should not be allowing ourselves to be brought under the power of anything, AirPods, whatever. The only thing that we should allow to control us is the will of God. Amen? But what does control us, brethren? What is our idol? I admitted mine. What's the thing that we can't live without? Has it brought us under its power? What is Paul trying to tell these Corinthians? It may be lawful. It may be okay in consideration to the Roman law or the wherever they're at, this province. It, it's, it may be okay, but is it really beneficial when it comes to your spiritual walk? Has it caused you to crave something more than you should? Because you just want it to be right. The ver this verse tells us that even though things are considered lawful, they may not be beneficial for us. Let's move on. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 9 through 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Very familiar scripture. Once we get there and read it, you'll see what I'm talking about. <clears throat> First Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine. Look at what the word says. But beware lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block for those who are weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eaten in, in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened in to eat those things offered to idols and because your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died but when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience you sin against Christ therefore if food makes my brother stumble I will never eat meat again lest I make my brother stumble. What effect could we, brethren, because we're chasing this thing, right? Because we're not ready to deal with sin. May not be something that's necessarily wrong, but we know what's gonna happen. 
We know where it's going to lead us because we're putting ourselves in a situation that we're going to have to fight this off all the time when we could just avoid it. But here we are putting ourselves in a situation and not even realizing that it's causing someone else to stumble. When I think about sin, when I think about dealing with the sin in my life, do I take into consideration that others are watching? I'm about to say something else, and y'all gonna like it. Dwayne just told me this, and I don't know if anybody else in class noticed this, but I'm about to tell it to you, and you'll know what I'm talking about. So you know this morning in class, I usually lead a song. I'm not a song leader, but I'm not scared to do it. So I get up there, and I'm singing this song, and we had a class in uh, the men's Bible study on how to get the right pitch and do your hand, right? So this morning, I was challenged to move my hand. Well, that's too much for me. Because when I started leading the song and I started to do my hand, I forgot how the melody went to the song. But as soon as I quit, I went right into the melody. And Dwayne looked at me, he said, man, isn't it true? Everybody's watching you all the time. Somebody's watching you all the time. Because Dwayne said, man, you had a little bit of trouble getting going on the, with the hand, didn't you? I said, yeah, I had to quit immediately. I mean, because I just can't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to practice, but if y'all see me doing it, then I'm practicing, okay? But what am I trying to say? People are watching what we're doing. If we take sin, just eh, however. If we take these things that we struggle with, just eh, whatever, people are watching it. Our children are watching it. And what do they think? That's exactly how you handle the problem. What about how we speak? Are we speaking things around other people that's going to cause them to stumble? Look at what verse 12 says. Very powerful thought. It says, but when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Wow. That takes it to another level. If I'm not dealing with sin, if I'm not doing it the right way, if I'm saying today I'm not going to deal with sin like I used to, I'm not going to do it like I used to do it. I'm doing it a lot different now. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But I'm going to realize that sin is sin and I'm no longer going to be a part of it. When I start having that attitude, when the people are watching around me, you know what they say? Look at how serious he takes sin. Man, I want to be like that. Think about what 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says. And we looked at Colossians 3, 17, very similar. Paul says here, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all 
to the glory of God. Is what I'm doing glorifying God? When I'm sitting at the table visiting with my friends, what am I talking about? Am I talking about the brethren? Am I talking about my boss, how I can't stand him? Do we need to talk about those things? Absolutely. But has it consumed you? Is it all that you crave? Think about this. There's nothing wrong with eating food and drink. Just re- I mean, if you go get something to eat, there's nothing wrong with eating it because we need to eat, don't we? We need to drink. But look at what Paul does. He includes this into this thought. <laughs> whether it's food, whether it's drink, whatever it is. I want you to be so disciplined in your life that whatever you do is going to bring God glory. Brethren, if our actions hurt others, then it shouldn't be done. Am I right? If our actions hurt others, it shouldn't be done. So I want to end with this thought. Time to make a commitment. Not that we ain't committed. Hey, brethren, you here on Sunday night, I appreciate you. That's commitment. But I want you to think about making a commitment tonight as far as sin goes and how you're going to deal with it in your life. This is really the commitment of all commitments. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. And I want to read verses 25 through 33 real quick. I told y'all we was getting out of here, but sorry. Y'all got me telling jokes and stuff up here, and it pulled out some time. But this is the good stuff right here. Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Now watch what Jesus says. Now great multitudes went, went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. What? And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? You know, when I'm talking to these new converts, when we're talking, you guys know it too, when you're talking to these new people who are trying to obey the gospel, what do you want them to get in their mind? They got to count the cost. This is going to be different. This new way of living in in Jesus' kingdom is a new way of living. It's going to cost you something. Here's what it's going to cost. Your life. You in? He says, for which of you, verse 28, intended to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. Verse 29, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 
to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. And I want you to think about verse 33. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Are we ready to follow him or are we still in this mind frame? Just one more time. Just one more time. Just one more day of not reading and I'll get where I need to be. Just one more day of praying only when I'm praying for my food. And then I'll get where I need to be. Just one more time for missing Bible class. One more time for missing Bible study. One more time. One more time. One more time. Just one more time. And then I'll get right. You know, I talked to a I talked to a man who told me that. He said, just give me a little more time and I'm going to get right. You want to know what happened to that man? He ain't here. One more time and then I'm going to stop sinning. Just one more time. And I'm going to make it right just one more time. Doesn't ever come, does it? Do we really think one more time is going to work in our lives? See, every time we say yes to temptation, every time we say yes to the sin, it becomes harder to overcome, doesn't it? Once it's conceived, what happens to it? It gives birth to death. The longer we continue, hey, you know what? I've been a Christian for a while now, brethren. I have. I'm proud to say it. I've been a Christian for a while now. I know these truths. I know what I need to do. But you know what? At any moment, I can fall back into the trap and be entangled in this snare that Satan sets up for me. But you know what? I'm going to say it today. I've been trying hard last week, and I'm going to try hard even better, and I'm going to make this statement. Today is the day I'm making a commitment to say, Satan, you ain't got me. No more. If we don't develop, we're not going to sin anymore. No exceptions attitude. Could you imagine a soldier having this type of mind frame when he goes into war? Well, I'm not going to try to get hit very much. Yes, sir, I'm going out. Where are we going? You're going right into the front line. Okay, sir, I'm just going to try not to get hit very much. No. Where do I need to go where I do not get hit? That's where I want to go, right? 
I'm trying not to get hit by any means necessary. If we go in half-hearted, checked out, heard this a million times, with a distracted and lack of commitment towards dealing with sin, then we'll be hit right in the face with temptation. The wind will get knocked out of you real quick. And it'll happen over and over and over again until you become so discouraged that you say, it ain't even worth it anymore. We have the responsibility. We have the choice. And here it is, brethren. We have the power to overcome any temptation that may come our way. Let us make the commitment today to not let Satan steal our joy. And so as we close, I want to challenge us tonight when we get ready to make a decision. I want you to remember four things. The first thing, is it helpful? Is the decision that I'm about to make, uh, teenagers, think about this. Young ones, think about it. Is it helpful? Is the decision that I'm about to make, is it going to be a helpful for my life? Is it going to bring me under its control when I decide to be a part of it, when I decide to do it, when I decide to just listen to that real juicy gossip? Yeah, tell me some more of that. Wow, I can't even believe it. Is it going to hurt others? And here's the big one. Is the decision that I'm about to make going to glorify God? Brethren, be strong, be courageous, don't get AirPods, you will be addicted. Just kidding. Are the decisions that we make helpful? Are they going to bring us under their control? Are they going to control the way that we live? Are they going to hurt others? Or do they bring glory to God? Man, if we take those four thoughts, man, the decisions that we make will be for God's glory. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Be strong. Be courageous, brethren, this week. Don't let Satan get you down. Don't let Satan trap you. Know that you're a child of the king and that he loves you and that he's with you. Pray for each other. Be there for each other this week. Let's look for opportunities to find somebody who needs Jesus because there's plenty of people who do. Amen? And who will want it. Maybe you're here today and you need prayers, but maybe you're here today and you ain't a Christian. Jesus said that if you believe in him and you're baptized, you're saved. Ananias, I mean, my, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I thought for so long that if I just asked Jesus into my heart that he would forgive me of my sins. I can't find that in the Bible. But you know what I can find? When Ananias told Saul, this is real talk and this is close to me, brethren. Ananias told Saul, he said, God has plans for you. So what are you waiting on? Friend, if you're here today 
and you hear my voice, what are you waiting on? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Man, no blemish, no scar, child of God, heir to the kingdom of heaven. If you need to be baptized for the remission of your sins, please come right now as together we stand and sing.